this is Richie from the Metal Cell Podcast. I'm absolutely delighted to welcome Paul Nash, guitarist with Senzar. How are you, man? Grand, grand. Yourself, how's things? Fine. The last time I was watching you was on the Siegecast, would you believe? That was the last time you played actually live. <laughs> yeah, and it was a great show, man. What was it like? Lead it was, us into it. The kind of rehearsals and whatever. Um, yeah, well, there was the rehearsal part of it, but then when we you get down and then there's just the whole production behind oh. it was I couldn't believe like it was I might as well have been on a whatever TV show. That's exactly the way. There's so much detail gone into it. Then it was just play and enjoy it, but it was just in between songs is a bit no reaction because yeah. you're playing live and you're concentrating more and it's more of a performance than a rehearsal. It is, yeah. And then it true. just, when it just cuts, there's mm. silence. All right, yeah. next song. And then back in. Yeah. But it was, uh, it was pretty good. And you, you, you know, probably was... haven't done something like that before, have you? Never. Yeah. To figure that out, like were you conscious of where you were standing? Were you... You know, were you getting nervous even going into it? Uh, no, I don't think so. I right. just, it was just, I was more probably worried about the actual mix mm. over the set, over the whole uh, coming through. But the mix is brilliant. Like the last putting it together, right? Like Aaron and John, yeah. Cheers, yeah, yeah. guys. And who else was on that night? I'm trying to think. Uh, Zilla Coltrane, oh, they're deadly. Oh, sick. Yeah, and Sharborn, weren't they? Oh, that's right, yeah, Sherborne, yeah, because we, that's right, because they were on force, then Z, like, no, it was Sherborne or Stiles, and then Zia, cult. You've definitely come across the lads a fair few times. Yeah, all of them. We went to see, uh, see Sherborne at, uh, just can't remember the last time I've seen them, before the actual podcast, but uh, see Zia, like, cult lads a couple of weeks ago in Dublin here, in the Music Centre. Oh, yeah, um... Well, fraught were with him yeah, as well. Fraught, weren't yeah, they? yeah, that's right. It was a, it was a good night. It was the first, let's say, live gig that I was at since everything, let's say, shut down or whatever. Yeah, it was the first, and it was just great just to actually just go to bar, order beer, and watch a band. Yeah, you know, that was the whole day. It was brilliant. Yeah, and and like you Jesus, know. in fairness, the quality as well. Like that was in front of you playing that fucking music. My God. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. They're all well seasoned. It's great, you know. Yeah. Did you have a few beers with them afterwards? Yeah, I did. There was a club on the Grand Social. After uh, it was all like whatever, an alternative headbangers balls called, and oh, yeah. we went okay. and, I met, and I met the lads at that. It was pretty good, you know. Yeah, yeah. Really isn't, isn't it nuts what you just forget? Um, just the whole social aspect of it as well. It's not only about the music. It's Socially, you're meeting a lot of heads that you haven't seen in ages, and you're kind of going, Fuck me. Like someone has taken our life for like two years, just taken it away from us, and all of the things that we thought for granted, you know, just they're just, just taken away. And yeah, live music that's all we fucking live for. That's all but that's we live the for. The thing is, just you have the choice of going to these gigs, you try to go to what you can, but majority of the time, it doesn't suit the taste that you're, what you're into. Yeah, I drove up to Belfast from Cork to see. Uh, worn out, foreign wolf, and uh, survivalist in the speakeasy, and right. then that finished up. It was fantastic, and then we legged it across the city to catch the end of Crypt of the Rift. So we got to see Hornets and Elder Druid. Very good. Um, They're not different. Look, they're back fully now, aren't they? They're back fully. Yeah, they are. Yeah, uh, but still, you know, um, 
I'm nearly sure I was asked for my COVID pass going in, from what I can remember. It was a bit of a, a bit of a blur at that stage for the for the last two uh, bands, but yeah. But I, again, just chatting to people as well, shooting the breeze of people, people genuinely kind of delighted to be out, listening to live music team. again. Yeah, just happy I'm being out, that's it. Yeah. In relation to your own band, Paul, I remember reading about you probably maybe a year ago or a year and a half ago saying that you had a new album, wrote, but I don't know where it went from after that. Like, Well, the COVID kick. Then we couldn't get to a studio. Then we yeah. went into a studio and then more restrictions kicked in. And then hopefully we'll have that finished off the next couple. It's only a few things, minor things to be done. One vocals for one track and then mixing and stuff. Like that. And then that'll be finished. Right. So I'm not sure when it'll be released. Obviously, it's going to be in 2022. Mm. But we've been in rehearsing anytime we can. And we've the guts of another album wrote as well. It's wow. just to keep them. It's just to keep the momentum going. You couldn't just go in and just rehearse songs that have been written for the last mm-hmm. year or so. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So we just keep the momentum going. Write stuff. Get the head down and just just rehearse once a week, and that's all you really need to do. Like it's just yeah. about keeping it going. That's it. You know. And uh, do you know the the new stuff that you have wrote? We'll said and announced nearly two years ago. How many songs were there? Was it an EP or was it an album? Well, it was six songs, the last one, and this one, I, we've, I think it's eight. Okay. Eight songs to be released. Mm. And is there um, any kind of variance in your sound? Have you changed anything much? Um, no, not, okay. not, not, not really. It's just, it's, it'd be the overall mix of styles. We'd be going through all the songs as usual. Mm. Um, but now it's, it's, it's a little bit darker, I think. Yeah. You know? Dark is good, man. <laughs> you know, it's a little bit darker, I think, you know. Uh, Michael Richards working with you on the last release. Do you think you could go to Michael again? Yeah, well, that's who we were with in for the, let's say, the second album that's been to be released. Okay. So, Mike, so he's very good. He's easy to work with. There's never any problems, you know. He's mm. a very quick engineer doing what he does. He's good, you know, yep. track mix. Yeah, of course, yeah, man. He's come up yeah. on the show plenty of times and uh, just the production that he got off your last album, man, was fantastic as well. But that, that production was, like, there was a bit of a long period of time doing that and I think going between backwards and forwards to the album, not concentrating it on a week or a weekend, it made the production better because it was dragged out. Yeah, okay. Do you know, like, it was going back and it was little tweaks here and there and it wasn't because you were going, I don't like that, I don't like this. It's just like, it's just the way it worked, you know. Things made have been fully ready. I want to change a few lines in the lyrics, so I want to do something on the guitar. Yeah, and it's, you know. So, and like, did you buy any gear over lockdown? Did you treat yourself? Uh, yeah, but new Les Paul. Sweet man. Seventy-seven. Custom Brian. So, just like it's a long time coming. I've been fucking. I've been uh, chasing one for a long, long time and I just picked the right one, got that in some neck guitars here in Dublin. Oh, was it actually handed into Dublin? Jesus, that was handy. You know, so now like, that's um, it's a, it's, it's a vintage secondhand guitar shop and he sells mm. out some of the stuff he sells brilliant, you know. But uh, that was the only thing about maybe a few pedals, but that was nothing yeah. really major, you know. I've, I've, 
I've geared from over the years and I just I don't need to change it because there's nothing broke. I'm not into all the uh, all this whatever they call this the uh, uh, the campers and the okay. helixes which which are like uh, they have all the all the sounds of the amp and the speakers built into the into the boards. Mm. You know, so if you you whatever amp you want is built into that board. Yeah. And you can download people's rigs and put it oh, directly yeah. into that board. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not to just plug it into an amp and just power yeah. and that's it. Old school, man. Old yeah, school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Powered from part to land, always swears by that as well, man. You're better off, you know. Yeah. You've probably come across Howard a few times through Cold War. He was in Five Will Die. Yeah, yeah, I would have. I'm, 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 I'm good at faces. Bad with names. <laughs> Even going back to when you were young, Paul, were you self-taught? Yeah. I, the guy thing was, I started when I was about 13 and my mate's brother showed me a few cards. Okay. And and then I just, then we just, a band, all kids forever, just doing a band and then we do a band of cover songs and doing whatever songs usual, the Metallica's thing. Yeah. Like, Pantera, Aldi, were there the early influences? Yeah, the likes of those Danzig, Metallica, were there any Lizzie yeah, uh, yeah, or Slayer? Well, no, I wasn't really. See, the thing was, the group, my brothers were listening to Lizzie and all that. And I was, by the time I came to the age of actually appreciating it, I hate it. I was okay. just sick of it. I only started to appreciate it. <laughs> Take it or leave it with Lizzie. Like, they are mm. good. I do enjoy them. And whatever. But at the same time, I've just got, because uh, mm. the brainwash as a child with them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so go on. Who who would have been your early influences then as a guitar player? Just like starting. Well, it would off. have been like fat fucking Jesus. Uh, you see, Randy Rose, like the Aussie guitar players, like Randy, okay. Zach Wild, yeah, class, Jakey Lee. But that was about it. And then like there would have been like a few. Kirk Hammer, but it would have been an overly uh, influence on Kirk Hammer. Mm. And then the Kerry Kings and Dimebag, big time. Who else? Certain, like even certain guitar players and certain bands, like they can you know, the, the guitarists and Biohazard and stuff like that, and oh, sick yeah. of all and stuff like that. It's yeah. it's not it doesn't have to be technical. It's just no. the rhythm playing. It's yeah. just it's just second to none with some of them, you know. And then, uh, who else would it be? So basically, this small circle, but it's enough, you know. You can't mm. be taking too much. But as I said, I taught myself, and the only I learned albums a year or two tab and then from the years playing then I decided to get lessons after eight years ago I just started to get classical lessons because I wanted wow. to read read music okay, and understand the guitar because I used to be able to hear something and play it mm. more or less yeah. but then I wanted to understand the guitar more Yeah, and then I'd done that for a couple of years and then I just then start writing albums again or playing my own music, it just takes an awful lot of time. Mm, and it, yeah. it, it's because you have to sit down if you learn the piece, Jesus, like, you have to be dedicated to be playing, and you can't really play any other instrument or be involved in. You just mm. have to play that piece. Yeah. It's hard enough going. You know? Yeah. I mean, you could always kind of fall into the trap as well of just endlessly searching on YouTube for different guitarists and then start actually doing it yourself on YouTube playthroughs. And- I've seen all them, uh, the YouTube guitars. I watch them being amazed, but then I'm looking at them going, will they just stop? Like <laughs> half of them are just really terrible rhythm players. And that's, it's, they run rings around you. Yeah. 
you know, it's mats metal. And you know, I'm yes. just looking at it going, it's just, I don't, I don't, do not understand this. Like, just, mm. It's not me, not into it. Like, yeah. But I, then again, I love watching Mickey of Zeller Cult. He's, um, yeah, he, but that's, that's, that's different. Yeah, like. Mick, yeah, that's different. That's totally yeah. different. Like, yeah, it's more natural. It's, you know, bullshit, him, you know, like. yeah. And you can slag him from the stage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just fascinated there. Your first band like that got a release was uh, Clay Pigeon, was it? Jesus, thanks. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that was a band that would have been, we would have released a CD. Here's the story. Somebody knew somebody that knew somebody <laughs> made up a story. <laughs> Chelsea Clinton wanted us to play at a 24 strike. <laughs> 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 Fucking... And it got into the newspapers, it went everywhere. We ended up getting on a program called Echo Islands and playing a song just because of this wind-up. Jesus, that's amazing. That was classic. And then just being in RTA and all that crap, like, and then the mime into your song, and you're just going, oh, we just, and then running. After we finished, that was about three o'clock. Then we all ran to the pub to actually see it in the Neptune and the flown to Dublin down in the basin to watch it. Um, oh, like, classic. You blink and it was over, you know. But like yeah. it was a Halloween special, that's what it was. But uh, I've tried to check it on uh, YouTube. It's not on it at all, like, wow. you know. But uh, that was some... that release and we done. And how old were we then? Yeah, it was 20, 23 or so. It was 23, yeah. 24, right, yeah. so. And then, uh, what happened then? We ended up playing a gig with Paul Diana, which is a big thing in Crew in England, of all things. Wow. Uh, he was banned Battle Zone or something. And that was all really. It wasn't really out in serious. Done a few gigs around Dublin. Was it kind just, of power metal or what, groove metal? What, what well, kind of it was, form I'd, was it? I'd say it was more like a, like a Pantery down type oh, influence okay. on it. And then that, mm. uh, Maybe some the later stuff started to sound a bit more trashy looking Antrex, more of a stamp for what four two four, whatever it's yeah. called that, yeah, that yeah, type yeah. of era of uh, Antrex. We've a mutual friend, uh, Lars Fraser. Yeah, he played that's yeah. he actually, Lars. <laughs> we done one gig with Lars in uh, in Slattery's, that was a really, really good gig. I yeah. really loved it. And then there was a guy in Merrow that was putting out an ACDC tribute and he got us to do Beating Around the Bush mm. as a cover song. Right. So we'd done that, but it never got released. The song never got recorded. It yeah. did on a far track. That was it. I couldn't tell you where that is. But yeah, um, yeah. we just done the one. And then just it never worked out after that. Just I think the bass player might have left or it just, it just didn't gel or something. It just we bent. But of course, um, in it. Gavin then was in the same band with you and he went on to be with Two Tales of Woe. Under the That's War. right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gab was in, uh, he was in Clay Pigeon, then he was in Cold War for a little bit, and then he went down to Two Tiles of Wop. Yeah. yeah good player, that. man. Yeah, he was, yeah. I don't think he's playing at all now. He's just driving. All right, okay. I didn't know that. I don't think so. And no. Lar, I think, is is fucking Jim Morrison at the moment, <laughs> swanning around. I actually place. went to see him about <laughs> a, a good while ago now, and it was, uh, I'm not a Doris fan, but Lar's brilliant. He, he was a, he's brilliant he really was good really good you know yeah. the whole, look, there wasn't a dry seat in the house by the women <laughs> oh my god he's gonna love that <laughs> he, yeah I met him through college 
Um, we went yeah. to the same college together doing graphic design, man. And uh, the man shouldn't have even been in college. <laughs> he should have just been on the stage the whole time. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. Should have just put his table still <laughs> and on the stage. <laughs> so how did Cold War form then, we'll say? That? Was there much well, period between Clay Pigeon ending and Cold War starting? Well, I'll tell you now, right. I had a rehearsal studio called The Underground in Dublin. Okay. I started it around 94. Mm. And then just but the punk bands used to come in all the time. And then there was three guys just turned up and they were playing whatever. And you could hear them. And I read there was lovely bass town, which was skinny playing bass and Brayo on drums and Ian Lawless. On Rest guitar. in peace, skinny. Yeah. After, I don't know, they, they released Gods of War demo. And then but a year or so after that, Ian asked us, would I be interested in playing? Mm-hmm. And the amount of stuff like from hearing it and I'd be always on the night that they'd be rehearsing. Okay. So we learned to play the uh, first gig we did with them was in uh, the Lord Cecil and Hackney around wow. two te- 2002. And then we went from there I think we done two gigs that weekend, not too sure. And then we went from there and we played Agnostic Front coming on the on Dublin then around the same time. And then we went from that the next day. And I know it could be getting mixed up there. But at that we went over and we done a ten day tour the East Coast in New York and all that. Jesus which, Christ. Which That's we nuts. ended up it got it was a bit uh, there was problems with the tour when we got over there. There was uh, didn't work, but we ended up playing CBGB's twice in one week. Incredible. Played in Connecticut, uh, Hartford, and we played in a bar. The guys at uh, Municipal Waste were there. That's on that was I didn't notice, but they weren't even the, well, not that they were. They were known, but we, they, we wouldn't have known them. Let's say you know. Yeah. Then about two years later, you see them there everywhere. Yeah, you've just so, skipped over like one of the most iconic venues in America, CBGBs. Tell me what it was like as a kid going in there. Jesus, like, deadly, not, not uh, many people get that chance, especially from Ireland. Now, sure, but it's, it's a. Suppose when you walk in, there's a, at the entrance, the bars to the right, you get down to the end, and then there's the stage area, dance floor, and the dance floor area might have been about 25 by 30 foot wide, something like that. And then down the side, there was your, like, your dressing rooms, the really grotty, deadly bar. But when you get down the stairs, there's the toilets, right? When you walk in, there's two urinals, and then there's the throne on a block of concrete in front of you with no doors. So if you need to use that, everybody can see it. And at the time was, you wouldn't let anyone, they wouldn't let anyone, uh, they couldn't have it closed off because people are banging up and stuff. This was, would have been in the 90s or 80s. And it was, so when they took the, the cubicles down, they just left it. Right. Okay. But uh, that was the, the big deals in all CBGB's that he had a throne. There was no doors on it, you know. Yeah. But the actual venue, the sound was incredible in the venue, you know. Yeah. But uh, it was small enough, though, was it really? Yeah, yeah. It was like you could imagine it. Let's say, yeah. Uh, the if you let's say the sound desk of Fibbers to the stage was more or less that area of dance. That was your dance area. Wow. Okay. That's wow. Was never. Nice, and right. then if it was packed, it was blade jammers. But the thing is, I'd seen sort of let's say you know the the hardcore dancing. But I never seen the extreme version of it before. In fact, they were kicking lumps out of each other, like yeah. just and women getting involved, full on digs, flipped out. Just not like 
it's the dance that they're doing, they're milling into each other. And I'm just going, ah, oh, I couldn't be interested in that. Like, you know, just think, yeah. just full on. Yeah, it was, um, it was like Harley out of Cro-Mags Blanny. and all. Then, yeah. yeah, yeah, that was their kind of crew. Yeah, it was more or less, they'd more or less take on another crew coming up, following a band from a different part of America. And it yeah. was kind of all sizing each other up. But when the gig started then, they'll mill each other out of it then. <laughs> yeah, but, that was like, but this was, yeah, that's what, they, but the thing was, this was actually part of the, the dance. Like, you, you yeah. see them, like, all these, like, you see the, all the new hardcore bands doing it. They're doing all these swinging and windmills and the gorilla mm-hmm. dance and all this stuff. And it's just... Yeah. We're too old school for that shit, man. Fuck that. Too old. <laughs> Sorry. I was too old even then to do it. Never mind. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that tour, um, who were you with, Paul? Was it Cold Verl- War? Cold War, Verland Strain. And... Jeez, there was only two because one of the main bands I just have to remember they only played in New York with us and we played with the Red Card and a few other bands actually doing a few things after mm. let's say we not because we played just because whatever we'd seen them but then we only knew their names because we played them you know yeah. um, and G videotaped that as well that came out as a DVD that's came out as a DVD that's on YouTube you know. Right, that'd be worth That's seeing, it. man. I hadn't a chance That's to look at it yet. It's it now. It is. It is. It's. I only. I, my daughter actually actually showed me there about three weeks ago. Dad, looking, I went. Oh, I haven't seen that in years. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny to see it. Like, you know, it just. It's good. Good times. Yeah. Good memories were always made at that. You know, it was good crack. Like, and when you came back then from America from that tour, like, had you the debut album out, or or was it in the? Sons, Dead Rays. Damned. Gold. And then we start writing stuff. And mm. then Bray was more, more into more punk. He's more into punk. And we were writing heavier stuff. So actually, um, Gav was in it briefly for writing. And then Marty ended up recording in the Sons, Dead Rays. So that would have been uh, myself, Trevor. Oh, yeah. So this was, there was a thing was, was just the four of us playing. And in the rehearsal studio that I had, and um, we, we were just playing away. And Tre- our skinny was just suggesting about getting a separate vocalist. So mm. we said, I don't know, whatever. I said, okay. But Trevor had been rehearsing with a band that didn't show up, and he was there on his own. Okay. So more or less, we got him to come in. But skinny and Trevor knew each other for a long time before all this. So it was just a mate joining the band, you know? Yeah. So, sure. um, Jesus, War Rising is the first song that he threw down uh, vocals on, let's say. Okay. And it was just, we sent Trevor going, oh, seven Skinny looking at he should have gone, this is deadly, you know, because yeah. it was a different aspect because uh, Skinny could put his vocals in on mm. it, you know. But uh, after that, uh, so we released, yeah, in the Sunset Race and we done what we could with that at that time, you know. Yeah. We went what was the what was the scene like back then, Paul? Like, because there's a lot of people. It was quite, it was quite good. It was. Mm. We, used to, we played fillers, we played the video, we played with Discharge, and we played with who else? We played Hey Braid, I think, on that that lineup. Um, and like, were you getting up and down the country as well? Was there gigs on yeah, yeah, up he, in Northern Ireland yeah, and South we, we, down with us? Yeah, we Cork? got gigs in. Um, I think it was a war zone we played one time. That could have been with Bray, but this is. Down there, Cork. We played with uh, uh, 
County. He played in the Krushkin Lawn. I'm nearly sure I saw you in the Krushkin Lawn. Oh, yeah, we played there a few times. I'm just trying to think of the... Uh, remember Mick and Decky's old band in Limerick? Oh. oh we played them. I can't think of the name of them now at the moment. Played them a few times. Um, in the high steel in Limerick, that's it. The high steel, you know. That was cool <laughs> crack, you know. Climber, a broken arm, I did, and everything. Jeez. No way. <laughs> Don't know how it done it, but it was great. Crack. Jesus Christ. And uh, there was a lot of people going to gigs back then. There was. Uh... There was, but you'd get hit and miss. You'd get great nights, and then you'd just get crap nights. It just depends. Hmm. People like new things, and if. The new thing starts to become old. You don't be interested. Yeah. And what was like kind of the ambition of the band uh, back then? Was it to get to, say, the UK audience, you know, get on crying yeah, well, Metal we, Hammer? We, and... It wasn't even them magazines. It was like more or less just to play gigs. Okay. Get out there and play. Right. Like, was, we'd get in the van and we'd just get a boat uh, over and we'd just drive down. We might hit two, three gigs in the UK. Now. On the Sunday drive, we played... We ended up going up to uh, Spain, or sorry, Catalonia. We ended up playing the area. Whereas we played, we played in uh, Holland. Done two gigs in Holland on that. Where did you play in Holland? Just, uh, Lee Warden and uh, Amsterdam itself, like. Right. So um, it was sporadic. Do you know what I mean? Just two gigs, three gigs, two. Because we never done any. The longest thing we did up to that stage would have been in the states with Cold War, like you know. Mm. And were any of you holding down full-time jobs at that stage? Yeah, we all were. But like, it was just, that's why it was like two gigs, three gigs, you know, that way. Okay. But I'd walked, I've been walking myself a lot since I was 23 or so. So I just, yeah, okay. I'm just, that's the luxury of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you were no, under no illusions that you, that you were going to commit fully to a band and try and... You, you couldn't, you know, not from Ireland, no. Not from Ireland, uh, yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, it's easier in the UK. You see a lot of bands that we had played with, they're still going now, and you can see them all. You know, they're doing a lot of good gigs now, but they might have only been starting out when we were on the end of Cold War, you know. Yeah, yeah, and you know. we'll say over all those years of touring and stuff, um, like you've probably met a lot of heroes on the road and stuff. Um, any lads that made a lasting impression? Uh, Jesus. I don't know. As I said, you played the Discharge, the Exploited, Agnostic yeah, they good. Front. They, they, they were all good guys, like, you know what I mean? There was never, never, never any problems with them. Never arseholes, mm. you know? You never, like, uh, even playing the Carcass that time, that was brilliant, like. like they were, oh, like, Carcass, yeah. Geez. It was great. And then, uh, that's the fuck, Napalm Dead. You, 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 you might have a, a, a passing conversation with them, there wouldn't be anything sitting down and have the only thing was discharge. You sit down, you'd be sitting there and you talk, and, and they, they'd have a conversation. You know, this is Grant, everybody's relaxed. Yeah. That's what they want. They just they don't want to be like confrontational, all bands. They just want to go in, they play a gig, you just want to sit down after the gig, enjoy it, and chill out. Mm. You know, yeah. they're all dating dinosaurs now. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> Uh, do you know what I mean? It's, it, yeah. it's very rare you'll actually meet somebody that's in your face. And or, you just say, if they, if they are in your face and they're interested, you just say, listen, back off, let just go away. Yeah, or pre-Madonna's. Yeah, well, you, I've had that, like, different things from different people. You just tend where to go or whatever, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Cold War, 
and more or less 2016. Did you see the end coming before it actually happened? Yeah. Ah, no, it was just, I, I just, it was just, it's gone in a direction. My playing was going in a direction that the, the band had changed so many times yeah. with different lineups. Yeah. And the actual the music in itself has, was changing. And now, as you can see, if you looked at Pantheist and uh, in the Sun's Dead Race, they have more in common mm. than any of the two albums in the middle from uh, Bloodfire and Chris's Death Head. The first and the second album, yeah. or the, sorry, the first and the fourth album had more in common, you know? Mm. So it was coming towards the end. And the gas thing was the fella that recorded one of our first releases recorded our very last song. <laughs> we went into the studio to do more stuff with Cold War and we'd done the three songs or wherever it was and then two weeks later I just went, nah, I've had enough. Wow. You know. Yeah. It just, it just, it needed to change for me as a player. Like There's nothing worse than trying to continue on and just not be happy. No, and like it was an easy enough decision then to stick with Trevor then for Senzer. Yeah, it was grand. It's Trevor Marty, like it was just. And Marty, I yeah. was like, I just wanted to just I, I, like. Uh, it wasn't like there's was no decision really, you know. Mm. That way, it was just like I just left it for two weeks, but I was very impatient. I can get and I was just yeah. right. Let's do something different, and then it was just it was uh, the tail end of some of them songs that ended up on DP were written. As Cold War songs, yeah, they, they, mm. they would if they would have been written as Cold, and I had them. But it was a uh, something that needed to change. Mm. We don't need to take it so far. Yeah, you know. When Senzar came out, and you started touring, I presume you still had the hardcore group of fans that were still going to your gigs and trying to win over new fans. Was it? Um, was yeah, it we did. This? We actually came across like, because it's a, it is a different sound, yeah. right? And uh, what happened was we just because it's a different, it's it come across as a different sound. We people went to our gigs and the other like that they didn't. But yeah. the more, let's say, the punky element of the band was gone, mm. and there wasn't a purpose. It's just that's the way it worked, you yeah. know. Yeah. But it still has that. Let's say it's it's not totally. Let's say it's just us the way we play. Mm. You can't put a people say it's it's this or that. I don't like putting it in a pocket or a genre or whatever you want to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. it's just heavy. To, it's just music to me. You know, yeah. that's the way I look at it. You know, yeah. Fans tend to be fickle at the best of times, but I think the hardcore uh, element of fans that have been going to the gigs for so long, uh, they don't like change either. So I'm sure. Yeah there was a lot of Cold War fans and you had a big following around the country. I'm sure a lot of them, uh, as you said, had to make a decision on you. <laughs> no, it wasn't even, it wasn't not even a decision. It would be like, uh, just not into it. You know, yeah. just, uh, you know, Cold War might have become, I wouldn't say nostalgia, but you know what I mean? I remember going to see them when I was 17 and now they're in their 20s. You know what I mean? I do, yeah. have a totally changed of uh, that view on music, you know? Mm, yeah. And um, when you released the album, what did you think yourself with it? You were, you were happy with it? Yeah. There was, uh, was a good few songs on it that you said were, were there 
when Cold well, War existed? There was Sir and uh, Jesus. Um, yeah. Skyberry. Yeah, Skyberry. Yeah. Them, they're more or less kicking around. Sir was definitely played as a Cold War song. Right, okay. We definitely, we, we remember there was a gig and the power cut on stage, but the amp still worked and we played that song totally in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> the whole play, the whole, we opened the venue, it was called, uh, it was upstairs in the, in the video and the whole, where the venue part of the stage now, that just went black where all the equipment stayed on, but the lights just died and we just played the whole song in the dark. Class. <laughs> it, was, it was deadly. But, uh, no, he was really happy with it. It was just totally different. It was a bit, it was a bit, it was, a, it was just better. Well, yeah. said, it was just, it was just a new look on thing. It was more fresher for us to play. Mm. And it was like starting again. Yeah. Talk you to know. me about the album cover. It's pretty class, I must say. Yeah, that's a Trev, just, that's what we liked. And like, he just, it's, it's very simple. Sean Fitzgerald done it for us, you know. Right. It's just very simplistic album cover. It just didn't want anything too, let's say in your face, you know, that was just, that was the whole thing, you know. Mm. Yeah, no, it yeah. is, it is class. So what we're going to do is we're going to play Sky Burial, which I fucking love, man.
still sounds as fresh as the day it was recorded. It's great fucking sound out of it, man. Yeah, no. The bass on it's deadly. Mm. That's Andy down the back of vocals there. And, uh, how did you meet class? And how did you meet Steve? Uh, Jesus, that's again the rehearsal studio where I had in Dublin. He had played in a band Steam Pick. And then just in and out of a, with a band Estelle, we used to play in Cold War. And then it was just known, known from being around in the scene. And then, like, we knew we played, he plays, um, just playing around. So we just asked, we'd like to try it. We said, yeah, fair enough, we play, you know. Great acquisition, so, man. You know, he's great. He's good, you know. Oh, the lyrics then, they're Trevor's um, baby. They're all Trev's. Yeah. Whatever's going on in there. Yeah, man. there. Cosmic exploration there. <laughs> I, I really like the, the the track sensor actually, and it's when he says chorus of illuminated souls, wild oceans, ebb and flow, sands to the infinite mind, you know, stuff like that is class. Like yeah, now it is class. It's yeah. delivered well, you know what I mean? It is, yeah. You I mean, know. technically. He could he could do a concept album there with his lyrics alone. Yes, it's very, it's very hard to keep the momentum when you're doing a concept route drifting away from it, you know. Mm. But will people take pick up on that, you know? Yeah, and um, that's the thing. Um, what are your own like opinions the, the on concept Sorry? albums? What are your own opinions on concept albums? You know, you're looking at Voivod now, for example. They'd be great, yeah. great band for a concept album. I the personally just I. I if I'm listening, it's a, to me the music to listen to music. It's about like how vocal delivery and 
guitar hooks and all. That's what I hear. Okay. You know, it's mm. not the story and behind it or anything like that. You know, it's just, it's just, that's what I like about if it's, it's, it's the whole package, you know, that way. Yeah. You know, but I mean, me and you are old school. Like, to, like I remember, um, when Iron Maiden were releasing, you know, Summer in Time and, you know, before that even, like you'd be getting your vinyl and you're, you're pulling it out and you're looking at the artwork and then you're examining the lyrics as well. But that was the what you, like, uh, I had, what was it? It's uh, Seven Sun and Summer in Time on tape. I actually still have Summer in Time on tape still, but only a while ago I found it again. I pulled it out and just looking at the back of it mm. and just the whole layout of it. But I ended up recently, I bought it on vinyl there, will you? But just to see the art, just the art on it. What was Derek Riggs, wasn't it? I don't think so, was it? I thought, was it not, um, I could be a man crusher. Did he not, does, nah. did he not do, nah, I tell you, he def- done the Aussie, he, he done Aussie stuff, sorry. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Der- Derek Riggs, definitely. And, um, <sighs> Yeah, I, I lost interest in him anyway after Seven Son of a Seven Son. It, it, that was, that just... was it. One stop, bring your daughter to the slaughter. Ah, Good luck. You can stay in that fucking field. <laughs> <seat. laughs> I just, no way. That was the God now. Ah, fuck off, lads. Yeah. <laughs> For me and you now, how do you feel with Spotify and digital releases in general? They're so easy for example, if you're just jumping in the car or going for a walk and stuff, you just throw on Spotify and it'll throw up random stuff as well as it'll play an album right through. That is, yes. Like, but, um, I bought, like, I bought this like device that changes your record player into a Bluetooth, okay? Okay. Which you can Bluetooth just and use a Bluetooth speaker to, to reduce the amount of stuff, like your amp, your... Uh, uh, your speakers and all that for a record player but I was just saying to someone I've done this and they says why don't you just Spotify it and I said have you ever listened to Dark Side of the Moon on Spotify it stops that album would be do you know what I mean the songs that certain songs the they, they meant to continue yes but the, in Spotify it stops in certain points and ruins the flow of the song mm-hmm. towards the end yeah that's a great you example um, Jesus Christ yeah, you know, but that's the thing. Like, it's Spotify is good for albums that are like stoppy starty. But if there's an album that's going to continue and play as one piece, it'll stop where that song is. If that's your digital mark for marketing or for, for whatever credits or whatever you want to call them. Yeah, I kind of have a crossfade going on with it, so it kind of works that way. You can kind of set up a crossfade, so you don't have that issue. Yeah, well, not I. I just I just I just put up my phone. And Bluetooth onto a speaker mm. if I am listening to stuff on Spotify. Mm. But do you know what I got there in a vinyl shop in Cork? And I just, my jaw dropped when I saw it. Um, a ba- I don't know, a band called Viking. Have you heard of them before? No, 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 no. You've heard of Dark Angel, haven't you? Yes. Of course you have. Okay, so Viking existed before Dark Angel. And um, it was your man Ericsson, the guitarist. There was two brothers, uh, Ron and... Fucking, I can't remember the other guy anyway, but one of them went on to Dark Angel. But the other brother was the guitarist and frontman with Viking. And I have Man of Straw. It's a rarity now, this one. It's a CD release. And <laughs> here I had in my hand the first, their debut album on vinyl, Metal Blade, pulled it out, all the lyrics, the whole lot. And I'm going, 25 quid. And I'm looking, 
I just go, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it is perfect. Like it is a mint condition. So I, I just went up to your one, still fucking freaking kind of going, I'll have that there, please. Yes, please don't catch me. This you know, one. just like, okay, no problem. And I was just going, come on, come on. Bang, got it, 25 quid. I went out, went home and um, sported something like 380 dollars on discog because yeah, it's just fuck's sake like but do, do you think i'd sell that though <laughs> no no exactly the thing you wouldn't think like i went through on me let's say a heap load of cds that i've got over the years i was going to put them on discogs but i was going through and looking at them going i know we're about that and not worry about it mm. and I, ah, no i'm not getting rid of that and i just won't get rid of them no i'll hold on to them you know just, you just no want to hold on but like even there's even so I had a record player was wrecked for years like, and I ended up getting it fixed or whatever but then he had to bring the vinyl back down and it's great like, mm. to actually listen to them and go Jesus and you can actually go one, two, three skip and you knew when you the album was going to jump <laughs> <laughs> like, you know showing a mercy now on Rain and Blood I know exactly where the skips are and the scratches yeah and all yeah, 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 yeah class like mm. but yeah it's um, it's the more or less coming back into fashion so much now that bands are actually getting stressed over the fact that they can't get their vinyl made fast enough. Um, as a band, would you have much of a conversation about that? Is it important for you? We like to the next. Re- we like to get the next release put out on vinyl. Let's say. Okay. And we did think about the previous release for the Sandar to get it done on um, vinyl, but. Is there much of is is there a let's say a want for it? Mm. You know what I mean. It's just it's, 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 it's nice though when you're to- when you're uh, touring around and you come to the merch stand and the vinyl is there in front of you to purchase. Yes, yeah, but it's very hard when I when everything's a standstill for a while. You know. Yeah. It's just you're gonna get the stuff, and then try and how do you shift it? You know. Mm. You'd you also know. you'd also have to have a conversation with uh, Mick Richards as well in relation to recording it in for a vinyl release because there's there's a different way of recording right. to allow for a, a vinyl release, which I never knew. But um, Brad Boatwright, who did Sleep and a few others, he was telling us about that. Yeah, yeah. It's always a good idea to give the producer or the mixer or master the heads up that you, I think you're only allowed certain amount of minutes each side, isn't it, or something like that. There's that as well, yeah. There's a few yeah. elements into it. Uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't just dismiss it randomly and just kind of go, well, you know, here's. here's we've the looked thing. into it. Yeah, it's looked into it. It's, it's about getting, you know, it's getting. There's there's limited there's limited amount you can get run off, you know. Mm. But yeah. um, no, it's, it's nice to actually when you go pick up a wine and just looking through. It gave him does tribute album Randy Rhodes you pick her up and you're just looking at it going I remember where I bought it <laughs> I can just looking at it and I just opened the thing up and there was a got one with a limited poster in it, which you actually got Ozzy to sign in what? fucking no. night two maybe two or three or in their early noughties Ozzy got got him to sign it and uh, it was mad him just looking at it and he's just looking at the photographs and you could see him getting pulled back and had all the photographs gone. Oh, fuck. Just signed it. And then I just, that was the whole thing, you know? Wow. Jesus. Long, long gone are the days there. You'd be walking across O'Connell Street and the tape traders be out with 
last night's Point Theatre. Yeah, <laughs> that's the whole thing. Yeah, I remember getting <laughs> bashed in the back of the head. <laughs> copper. Do you do do fellas? You be selling the uh, tapes there? Yeah, and all the stuff that they have was brilliant. Like, yeah, yeah, I have a lot of stuff. Uh, early Metallica and a few other bands there, all um, photocopied on coloured paper, and I got them. Yeah, on that's exactly. Is, is there, I think there's an Alison Chains demo I have. Ah, was that with the Megadeth tour? Was it? No, 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 no. It was actually it's actually bootleg of a demo they had, and I don't know where the fuck we got it, but it's actually that whole thing, that whole yellow. I know, obviously, it was picked up in Dublin somewhere. Yeah. What was the name of the shop um, that you go across O'Connell Street, heading heading far? We'll say the Spire, but you know it. But they go down the stairs. Yes, down the stairs. Freebird, free, is it? Freebird, yes. Yeah. Jesus Christ, no, that, I got some great fucking releases down there. Man. They used to have brilliant stuff, but they've moved up onto um, uh, Exchequer Street, and it's called, they're in behind the place called the Hidden Bookstore. Right. So it's, 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 it's a long corridor wherever you go into, but that's where Freebird is now. Imagine that, man. Jesus Christ. Like, that was... They used to have, like, these. these I think they had two stars in Dublin at one stage. It could be wrong. But I always remember the one in, in the basement there. It was always great stuff to get. Like, yeah. like, you'd spend two hours down there, man, flicking through vinyls and CDs. And um, when was the last time you were up with Tommy Ty? I actually walked by there on yesterday, which is, and I didn't go into him. Like, I just... I haven't been in there in, Jesus, could have been maybe a year. Less maybe. I used to go in quite a bit when I was younger, but I just stopped going because there was a lot of stuff that I would be interested in. Do you know what I mean? Mm. That he'd just I'd either had had gotten stuff, but you have to go looking. Yeah. And then, but I was I actually went to the tower. And they used to have a decent section, but now it's all been reduced. Um, it's stuck in a little corner. It looks like bargain basement stuff, like a little bargain basement box. Like, is it a vinyl not, or CD? Yeah, vinyl. Okay. You know so. Tower used to be good, but you just have a good selection of stuff. But now it's just reduced to like a, a place over in the corner, you know. Are they are, are towers still over by Brown Thomas that side? Yeah, or are they moved? It no, they've gone up to uh, the street, uh, I think street, somewhere the mansion house is. Oh, right, okay, okay. which is in the Nassau Street hmm. side entrance of uh, uh, Trinity College, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, such no. um, but like you'd always hit Tommy Toy, um, when especially when we're all up from Cork, you'd call into Tommy, like you need to have... it was great, like, yeah, when you're a kid, it was great, like mm. selling you fictional gigs and all. <laughs> <laughs> and what about um, Invictus Records? They've moved as uh, well, they're out towards yeah, Mines now, they're over in um, just, just off Kenilworth Square. Mm. I'm going to be up in Dublin, I think, um, in December. So I'm determined to call out there and give a Just shout out. To, give a yeah. shout out as well to Shawnee Cads there with last light recordings there, Shawnee. Yeah, yeah. There, he's involved. He's done some great work there with a lot of Invictus bands as well. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, Not yeah. A, is he? What studios do you walk out? Last light recordings. Yeah, sir. Don't know that. Yeah. The, um, a lot of the bands, a lot of bands are using the Hellfire Club now. Ah, I haven't heard of that. No, obviously the name, yeah, yeah but uh, yeah, where, yeah, but yeah, now do record and picture. Where are they based? 
open to hell for your club as far as I know. That's what? Awesome. No. Really? I think so. I could be wrong, no, to be honest with you. Mm. But it's... Uh, no, there's no. plenty of like just plenty of good studios around Dublin now, but mm. Mick and Trackmix just took the was always taking the bulk of the metal bands, you know. Yeah. Because a lot of people if you go to other studios, they hadn't a clue what to be down with you. No. No. It's it's look, he did a fucking amazing job on your first album, so it just makes yeah. makes absolute sense to stick with him for the next one. Um and what about bands at the moment? Do you follow the scene much, Paul? Uh no, not really. I just I pick up on stuff that I like. Mm. Listen to them. Just mostly listen to stuff that I grew up on. To be honest with you, there's very little that I actually pick up on. It's a. Uh, Why do you think that so, is? Is is it just through age, uh, or are you just no, being bombarded just, with fucking been too bombarded much bombarded stuff? And some I'm just looking at it going, I'll just stop, lads. It's like mm. bleeding. It's like organized pop music. That's exactly what it is. Like, it's. I could be wrong saying that, you know, just but that's the way I view it. I just mm. um what would you say in a nice way? No, they're good, like they, whatever they're doing what they do, but I just no, it, it doesn't float me about at all, you know, just yeah. that's the whole deal, you know. Yeah. No, I it's what I'd ask. Like, I mean, as I said, I'm yeah. You know, as as a podcast, you're always on the lookout for new bands, and you know it's always important as well to fucking make sure that the old acts are still, you know, giving shout outs. You know, with the Throwback Tuesday now, for example, with yeah. Cold War and stuff. That's how we got in contact, actually. Yeah, you know? that's yeah, yeah. You know? Now it's um, Ray Green. Obviously, when you posted, it was one the uh, a demo you done. You posted up to do a few wasn't, days prior. Wasn't Afterlife, was it, or one of those? Like? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's gas because it, Ray used to play in a, in a like in a rock band called Tune. After that, <laughs> okay, right. And uh, I hadn't seen Ray in years, and then I'd seen him. It's Jesus, how things forever. Like, I actually have parts of his drum kit in the house here from no. Afterlife. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ, that's mental. <laughs> <laughs> I bought the kid off him for the studio and it ended up still in, it's in my house there. it's a chrome pair of Xbox Jesus lovely Christ kid. lovely kit like that's you know. nuts Ray was a great drummer you know he really was a good drummer like for the time you know I never knew history about like saying that he more or less broke up mm. after recording didn't know any of that like yeah yeah you know? yeah, 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 yeah. It's just funny like that uh, he wouldn't live too far away from me at all you know oh he's still in Dublin yeah well, I don't know where I think he's often might be. Yeah, he is somewhere in Dublin, but like because mm. a lot of lads he, just drift away naturally from the scene and you know move countries yeah, even. It's, and, just, yeah, it's just it's uh, I, between having that studio, I didn't play in many bands because it was just you were all you were doing was listening to bands twenty four seven. Mm. Then we go. Do you want to go to my gig? Well, I've been listening to you for the last fucking seven years. You think <laughs> I want to go and see it in a pub? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, oh, classic man. You know, yeah, we're getting more contrary as we get older, Paul. That's it, like, <laughs> yeah, I said it's all right, though, isn't it? Yeah, I should be like, <laughs> you, comforts, you know, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm just looking there now, just caught my eye there. I was Joe from Gamma Bomb was down, and I was just showing him a few CDs there. And what's staring at me there on CD is uh, Razor Shotgun Just. Do you remember them? No, no, no I know the name, that's think that's about it, like. It's yeah. like an old metal hammer you'd see. From Canada, man. Real kind of motorhead, kind of old school trash. 
it's mad when you go through you find our magazines like, and you're just looking through them and you just find old reviews of oh. like bands that, and you're going and you're actually choking with the dust that's coming out of like the magazines like, you know, yeah, but just, there was so many Metal Forces Raw Jesus Christ I can't even remember like Kerrang might as well be fucking smash hits now like that's that's it like this, it's uh, it's been like that the last I don't know how long, but it's just it's they're all gone. All the magazines, it, 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 nobody was buying them anymore. Like, no. People used to just take them up in Easons and read them cover to back to cover, whatever. Like, and Damn then that right. was the end of it. Like, they put Damn it back right. on the shelf. Yeah, yeah. People yeah, walking yeah. around, don't be reading, don't be reading. <laughs> so, how are you going to approach? Because, like, as a band, you're going to have to get out there on social media. It's a fucking nightmare for for a lot of people. Yeah, of course. Yeah, man, I'm the same. But like, like you're gonna have to get that release out there to people through Facebook, Instagram, get reviews done on you by different. That's the thing. We're gonna have to like. It's just getting ahead. So we just need to get it finished. Mm. Get a cover sorted. Ideas for covers that I couldn't even tell you. There's that many going around, and it's just. Uh, the whole thing is about just having to, let's say, having it ready, yeah, and then sending it off and trying to get it reviewed. There's that many releases coming out every day, every week. It's that's, just impossible. It's like, a nightmare, like, yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's just impossible, like, to get it. So, uh, if you can get it reviewed, it's just and even getting into different formats. Mm. It's the spot five the iTunes. Is it yeah. was it diesel, and then there's. Uh, Deezer, these or something, and then yeah. what's your own uh, uh, there? Yeah, there's loads of them, and it's just it's trying to get things followed back, yeah. and then following them all back up. And which, which one of the band members has the appetite to do all that social media side of things? Yeah, yeah looking at them, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not very uh, hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's about it's it, once a thing. It's just about what basically what it is. It's just getting it together, forced off, and then yeah. just going right. Okay, and then getting into it, and then as you, 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 you it gets easier and easier because we haven't done this for so long. It's going to be a chore mm. for the first few times, you know. Yeah. And it's about summing up, let's say, interviews and trying to get a video, some sort of trying to come up with a video idea that's not just your normal picking yeah. band in a room shouting at each other like you know yeah. and avoid falling into the pit trap of lyrical videos for fuck's sake if they walked I think what was it Lama God done the very first one or something I've seen oh. did they do the, I can't, one of them bands done the very first one and then we did one for Eaters Troy Caldwell and then it was just like it was it was good for the time it worked yeah. it was just about getting out there but not now no no so, Jesus but like I've seen a few of them cartoony type videos are going around. Oh and yeah, then, and they might pull a, pull uh, clips off anime, is it or? I don't. Yeah, but they're really good. Like the best mm. one they're saying it's only a short one. It's the last Conan thing they done. Like and it's it reminds me of Jason the Argonauts. Like it's only thirty seconds long. I think the video and it's just yeah, it's deadly. It's brilliantly. Yeah, and it's just yeah. it's just so, that's the first thing I'd remember was just Jason and the Argonauts. Jesus, I I, I looked at that maybe uh, two years ago and it, remember the cutting edge technology at the time yeah. was it was he yeah. fighting a scorpion or was it a crab he's, or he something fought, he fought a scorpion but yeah and the yeah. skeletons no, as well skeletons yeah that's what you're about. Uh, they, they think, like, they, the skeletons are in that and then there's the skeletons are in um, uh, Clash of the Titans Calibus 
fucking okay. s- stabs the Medusa's head, the blood hits the ground, and then the scorpions oh, get bigger. God, and yeah. Then, then, um, uh, I can't think of your man, the main hero, that's who you want to call him. He's in there fighting the scorpions, and then they're trying to get Calibus, you know, and then they yeah. release the Kraken, and you need Medusa's head to turn the Kraken to stone. And that was the one that was released in 1980, not the piece of dirt that they released. No, I wouldn't watch that. I never did. I yeah. No. But, yeah. But um, yeah, stuff like that is out there on the internet. Yeah, you could definitely pull off that and put some fucking cool tunes to it rather than just a lyrical video. Jesus Christ. But, yeah, no, no, yeah. It's, it's just something interesting. It's just something, mm. you need to do something different. Yeah, yeah. So all that is ahead of you, man. Listen, be sure to fucking give me a shout. I'll gladly help in any way promotion yeah, wise no or whatever problem. like that Paul you know nah no that's grand thanks very much for that yeah and say hello to Trev Steve and Marty for me man and thanks for coming on and shooting the shit with me for an hour anyway it's good, ha- no, good having you on no thanks very much he's brilliant okay. really enjoyed it thank you yeah. so you've been listening to Richard from the Metal Cell podcast uh, check out Sensor and 2022 we've been reassured that there's definitely going to be a single release anyway who knows if, it, if they'll get it get the album out hopefully so, yeah so hit subscribe if you like the interview and uh, crucially support your local medicine